You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. I have a podcast today where I sit down and interview Nick Elder. Now, Nick has a really cool story where he started out like a lot of investors buying a couple house hacks. As he got more into real estate investing, he wanted to start doing a career change as well. Started going down the multifamily route to get the syndications. Fast forward, he is now an investor relations rep at Ironton Capital. And so it's a really cool story about how through just years of working, networking, and adapting his strategy, Nick has made some successful investments. He's pivoted his professional career and also has pivoted in his investing career as well. It's a really cool interview and it's going to highlight a lot of different aspects that people can do to achieve success in investing and both professional. Nick, I'm excited to sit down and uh, do this podcast with you, man. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate the invite. So I forget how you and I exactly met, but it was a number of years ago. And before then, though, you already bought your first house act. Mm -hmm. So kind of start us off as to like when that was, where you were in life and what that young Nick was like. Yeah, absolutely. So it was about 2019 is when it was. I was 26 years old at the time. Uh, I actually moved into a house when I first moved into Denver from Parker. And my roommate at the time was house hacking himself, uh, which is really cool because I think if so I... So you were paying rent to him. I was paying rent to him. Perfect. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this makes sense. And Is that how you learn about the concept? Yeah. And so, you know, him and I would go skiing on the weekends. We'd listen to Bigger Pockets podcast and then kind of that hunger for real estate investing and building wealth just started. You know, that's where it really started. Um, and then I lived with him for about a year, uh, took money actually out of my IRA, uh, because of a tax, uh, loophole there, which allowed me to, and bought my first house. Act. Talk about that for a second. What yeah. was this? I think you take out what? $10,000 for first or what is it? Yeah. So I'd been steadily rolling money from past employers from a 401k into my traditional IRA and you can take up to $10,000 penalty free. So you still pay the taxes, but you know, that was in 20, I think it was actually 2018. Uh, obviously the appreciation that's happened, I far surpassed any of that tax payment that I initially paid Oh yeah, in equity. So it's just been, a, it was one of the smartest decisions I've made from a financial standpoint. Great. Yeah. And so then you saw the power of house hacking, mm -hmm. got sucked into the bigger pockets world like many of us did. And then what about the first house hack you bought? Yes. Yeah, so the first house hack, it was up in <clears throat> North Denver, three bed, two bath, uh, townhome, has an HOA. Uh, but it hit for me when I first moved in there before I even had my mortgage payment, I got two tenants secured before I even moved in there. Started getting about $1,900 in rent, just like that. Uh, my mortgage and my, my, my monthly cost just evaporated. You were sort of living for free? Yeah. I mean, I was paying you know, 1000 or close to 1500 in rent you know, a month prior, moved into my first house hack. Uh, at the same time, I changed jobs and was able to increase my income about 50%. So from that standpoint, uh, yeah, I completely eliminated my cost of living from a rent standpoint, increased my income. It was just off to the races as far as like saving money for that next one. And so I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, you've now changed mm -hmm. your career to work in real estate, but mm -hmm. back then you were not in real estate and you were in pharmaceutical sales, right? Yeah. So I was kind of, uh, I was in the healthcare industry. I got back into pharmaceutical sales. Uh, I really kind of you know, my, the theme of my career up until this point, even including this point, had been learning something new at every new company that I pretty much went to. So yeah, I was in healthcare sales and account management. I was in pharmaceutical sales. Uh, and it just, you know, at the time it was great because the income supported my ability to house hack. Uh, but since then, you know, my, my goals have, you know, drastically changed. 
And talk about that because I know at some point, but I know after you bought House Hack One that some meetup or some event, you know, some networking, which is always a great thing to do. You and I got connected and just stayed in touch over the years. And so I, I don't remember, I don't have an exact timeline about everything you've done in your career. Talk to us about the timeline for House Hack number two. And mm-hmm. also when you got like the bug to not only invest, but shift career paths. Yeah, so the bug to invest definitely started uh, in my first house hack. Um, And then I was there for about a year and a half, started looking for other houses, uh, and then closed on a second one. September 2021, it was a new build. Uh, So I had locked it in a year prior and then closed on it a year later when the market, when the interest rates were super low still, so 2.8 on both houses. Nice. And walked in with like another 80K in equity on top of what I put down because of the market. So it's like a, just a new build infill townhome? Yeah. So it's actually in a developing part a little bit south of Sloan's Lake. Uh, Westline Village is what it's called. Okay. And uh, there's a ton of new construction happening there. It's yep. on the south side of Colfax. Uh, so it's a huge, it's a growing area right along the train station there. It's a great place to be. Yeah. yeah. So you moved out of your first house sack, converted that to a rental property. Correct. Got the second house sack south of Sloan's Lake. And were you doing the same roommate rental strategy? I was, yeah. So I was renting it by, so I shifted my previous house hack to a rental. So that's a room by, rent by the room rental. Um, great cash flow, but it's much harder to manage. Uh, and then I did the same thing in my second one. But at the time, uh, my girlfriend moved in with me. We had a roommate that was in there. He ended up leaving. And my goals, just from an investing standpoint, kind of changed after that happened and what I was looking for in my future of investing. Um, and so he ended up moving out. So we're not house hacking that property anymore. But ultimately, we'll probably end up going to buy another house, doing more of the nomad strategy yep. and turning this current one. It's perfect for this current one's a perfect rent by the room rental. So oh, that we'll location probably, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And, you know, they're building some of these houses, you know, at a point where it almost seems like they're purposely, you know, making them to, to be rented in that way. It's a three, four. It's a beautiful house. Um, so I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll, I'll pivot, use that as a rental and then do exactly what I'm doing with my first, first one that I'm probably about to sell come next year. All right. So that was 2021, you bought the second house hack. Mm-hmm. And when did you start thinking, hey, I want to shift my career away yeah. from healthcare into real estate? Yeah. So I was still in pharmaceutical sales when I knew that, okay, I wanted to get into real estate. I started to really open up my eyes more to the private equity side, uh, to the syndication model, and more specifically, investing in multifamily properties. There's so much more control over the valuation of those properties, uh, as you and I both know, and Juan as well. That's why he started this whole thing, because there is that much control and it's a great product. Um, So I really started to kind of just network with as many people as possible. I tried to find mentors uh, and I built my, tried to build my network of brokers and investors. And quite honestly, I just went into the whole process with an open mind and tried to learn and connect with as many people as possible. Were you going in there with like, hey, I want to go in there and, and put a deal together myself? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, because I imagine that's usually the end goal for many people. Say, we yeah. actually, you know, hey, you can, you know, raise raise a couple million dollars, find a deal, put it together. That's kind of like, you know, a huge, huge milestone. Mm-hmm. Was that your main goal or were you just looking to like get in that industry? Yeah, that was definitely my main goal. One thing I quickly realized is, you know, quite frankly, I was very green. I was very inexperienced. And I love the... Vi- I had the, the right vision, the goal. It's just, I didn't have that mentorship there for me. I didn't have... I was very inexperienced going into it. And then 
coincidentally, the market really shifted and things changed. And I was like, okay, you know, I wanted, I've got a network of, you know, professionals that I could probably pull some money with, but the market is shifting quite a bit. I mean, you know, you're talking about with the interest rates going up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of syndicators, I think that got into it a couple of years ago and they they rode that wave and, uh, they're getting spanked they think right they're, now. Yeah. They, you know, they think they're, you know, like a blessing from God and, and what they're doing, but now the market shifted and I was like, okay, I'm inexperienced in this whole avenue of investing to operate myself. But then the market shifted. I don't. I don't really know how to play in this sandbox from an adult standpoint. Like my entire career, you know, since I graduated college, has been in this hyper growth in an economy. Yeah. So I don't know how to operate in these, you know, down real estate cycles. Well, plus the other thing is like, you know, one of the, you know, hey, you get your loan for a house hack property. Hey, if you meet the requirements. Your DTI is good. Here's a loan. Mm-hmm. They don't really care if it's the first property or fifth property. Um, you go into commercial lending. Like, oh, what's your track record? And if you've never ha- done a commercial property before, um, you get underwritten differently, which is usually you're a higher risk. Mm-hmm. So a higher down payment and usually less uh, favorable terms than an experienced operator. And so that's like a double whammy because you're already dealing with a, a higher interest rate market. And now you have to bring more money to the table, yeah. which just complicates things and you know pushes returns down. Yeah, absolutely. And you need a sponsor that A, matches the net worth and has the liquidity in case something happens and needs at least two years of experience doing exactly what you want to be doing. So you need to find somebody that's going to essentially sign off and guarantee that loan for you or partner with you on that, you know, and that was something that we just, we didn't have, Yeah, you know, something that we kind of started to quickly learn ourselves. And we, so you had a a partner in here? So yeah, it was me and um, a friend and his wife. So we had started it um, and, you know, Love work with they're big investors themselves. They own a single family rental portfolio. Um, you know, I'm, we'll probably joint venture and buy some properties ourselves at some point. Um, we both, we all three of us can do so. Yeah. Um, so I, that's what we're thinking probably in in the in the you know near future or long term future. I would say. Okay. Yeah. And then, is this the point during your story and your career phase where you uh, start getting working on your uh, your real estate license? Mm. And we're starting to talk with some multifamily brokerage shops. Yeah. So I, I ended up getting laid off from my pharmaceutical sales job in August 31st, the day before I found out that you know I had a nice call scheduled on my calendar and I knew exactly what it was having been in the industry. Um, but I was like, this is, my, you know, this is a great time. I'm either going to pivot and go full-time into real estate or I'm going to recede and just go back into the cushy, high-paying pharmaceutical sales job. Um, so it's definitely one of those you know, pivotal moments for me and, you know, a broker that I know well at Kaufman Hagen, one of the things he said to me was, you know, there's no such thing as stagnation. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. And that really put things into perspective for me. Cause at that point I was like, yeah, going backward would be going back into pharmaceutical sales. Going forward would be going into real estate. And so I quickly got my license. I had the time to do so. I was thinking I was going to go become a commercial broker because I really wanted to get into the multifamily side of things. Uh, learn as much as I could there and do it from a brokerage standpoint. Uh, But ultimately that led me to, you know, us connecting and this opportunity with Ironton Capital coming up and, you know, my whole entire vision future uh, of real estate kind of shifted a little bit. So you got laid off uh, August 31. And after that, that's when you start working on your real estate license. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I was kind of um, interviewing at, some other pharmaceutical companies. And I was like, man, this is just, 
I'm, uh, this is not what I want to do. You weren't excited about I it. I wasn't excited. I was like, I, I kind of knew what the long-term career trajector- trajectory looked for that, you know, industry. And it just was not something that I could align yep. with. Um, you know, real estate is, I could do this until I'm, you know, 90 years old, you know, and that's kind of what it came down for, for me is what is the long-term vision for this? It's, it's, it's real estate. So I, I was just kind of all in, uh, you know, in those two months where I had my severance and after getting laid off and I was all in. So my mind really committed to, to real estate. Now, two things I, that uh, stuck out to me, because obviously, you know, we stayed in touch and now we're working together, um, was that you had done a good job of putting money aside yeah. to like just save for a rainy day and also save for transition. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff in real estate is not hard. It just takes a couple of years to start making money after like building a business or starting investing. Yeah. And that's a lot of people just run out financial money. So like, you know, good reminder there and a great thing that you did. Uh, secondly, is that you kept networking mm-hmm. and I can't remember how it, whatever it came out to be, I guess it must've been after August 31. So maybe in September, October, but I just remember we were, for some reason we sent him back and forth a few emails. I don't know what prompted, maybe you would reach out to me saying you're updating or how we even get connected on your, your career change. You know, I, I knew you were involved with Kaufman Hagen in some component, yeah. in some aspect at that time. And I think I had just reached out to you. I, I can't, I can't remember the, ex- the specifics, but you invited me into the Kaufman Hagen office. That's where I met Kevin. Uh, and I just really started to kind of build a relationship with him and build a friendship with him. But yeah, that's when an you, awesome yeah. Guy. And so that's when you and I really started, that's when you and I connected and you, I think you got a flavor for like what I'm looking yeah. to do long-term, but I know we had originally connected from the first portfolio analysis mastermind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's yeah. when we originally connected, but I think at the time it was, you know, I was this house hacker, you know, yeah. um, I don't think you knew what my vision was in real estate and what I wanted to do and where I was looking to be until that. Well, there's also no iron capital back then either. That's exactly it. Right. There's, <laughs> so there's there a couple wasn't. other pieces of that puzzle. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> So, but I want to highlight here because like, you know, something a lot of people don't do is that they don't build a way that they don't build that financial runway. Yeah. Um, so you did that. Great job. Other people out there. Hey, if you do transition, make sure you have a lot of money socked away, probably mm-hmm. more than you think to. Um, secondly, keep networking and let people know what you're doing. Yeah. Because that is such an important thing of like, hey, I'm doing this. I need this. I do this. And whenever we got connected, I remember, hey, cool. What's your, you know, what's your, I think, you know, hey, what's your plan or what's this? And you sent over something and yeah. we kind of, it just, we would just kind of bounce back and forth some ideas mm-hmm. with really, with really like, you know, no intention Then hey, I got some ideas. Let's kind of share ideas and see where it goes. And I think it was what, November time, early, like October, November time frame? When, what? Where we started talking about Iron and Capital. Oh, that was... I remember it was November because I right. started Iron Team Capital on the last day of my severance. Okay. So it ended up working out perfectly. It was like the week before then, um, before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So. so to kind of fill in some other stories here, and again, this is why I'm trying to connect some bigger dots here to help people realize, hey, networking, you do this yeah. and just, you know, hey, if you do that, eventually certain stars line up and you, yeah. and you get some green lights. And that's what happened with us where... Um, you know, Ironton Capital, which is the the private equity fund that Lon Wells started basically June or July of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were what month four or five into it and realized, hey, business here is going well. We were cranking, I think we were close to like 15, 20 million raised by that standpoint. We're like, right. wow, we need uh, we need another uh IR rep, another investor relations rep. And I'm always a big believer in like I like to work with people I know, like, and trust. Yeah. And already kind of know who they are. They like or they like or don't like me. 
And so all I did is, I, all right, let me just pull out my phone and I just started scrolling through people's names. Um, and I was, I was like, oh, shit, Nick, Nick Elder. I need to call Nick. <laughs> And I think it was a Friday night. I text you, yeah. And I, I, I may have had a few drinks to me, and I was like, "Hey, Nick, yeah. I got an idea for it." And I think we talked at 9 a.m. the next morning. Yep. Um, it's one of those things where it's just like I was like, "Hey, you know, you'd see what's going on with Iron and Capital. Gave the rundown. Here's a growth phase, and I knew that's where you wanted to go long term. It just mm-hmm. like the stars aligned. Yeah, stars aligned perfectly. One of the things I was definitely missing was the right mentorship previously, mm-hmm. um, and I knew of Lawn just from your castle. And then you guys started actually putting out content with Ironton Capital. And so I started following along there. I was like, oh, these guys are doing some really amazing things. Uh, I was just thinking in the back of my head, I didn't think I was going to be landing at Ironton Capital, you know, at that time. But um, yeah, the stars aligned perfectly. And, you know, I came, I actually came home. I was out to dinner with my girlfriend and I just left my phone at home and I came back and I was like, oh, Chris Lopez, you know? And I was like, yeah, I saw your text message about this opportunity with Ironton Capital. And I was like, I even said to my girlfriend, I was like, I think this is one of those full circle moments I got to pay a lot of attention to. And yeah, we had a conversation the next day, like 9am. Uh, I think it was a Saturday. Yep. No, it wasn't Saturday. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Stars aligned. I mean, I need, I wanted the mentorship. I wanted to learn from the, yeah. from the best of the best in Colorado from a real estate standpoint, just from building a business too. And the stars aligned perfectly. So it was like one of those things where my, my, my vision and my goals completely shifted from I'm going to go be a commercial broker somewhere along the line. I'll probably maybe syndicate my own deals at some point to this is a great opportunity. Here's an opportunity to get in with a group that is crushing it. An opportunity mm-hmm. to get in with a group that has great brand exposure and awareness in the market and in Colorado and a great opportunity to learn from people that, you know, from learn to learn from folks that like don't have those same opportunities. Yeah. And so I kind of just felt like it was like just one of those full circle moments from when we initially met. Yeah. So at that moment where I saw that text, it was just one of those full circle moments where the stars aligned. And I'm a, I'm like a little spiritual weirdo sometimes when it comes to those things. And I, 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 I just, I think things happen for a reason, quite frankly. Um, I think I was forced, you know, I think if I did not get laid off from my job, it would have been a lot harder to willingly leave a six figure paying job. Oh, absolutely. Real estate. Of course. Yeah. If I wasn't forced into that situation, I wouldn't have been forced, I think, to think differently. And to think, you know, where do I want to be in five to 10 years or 15, 20, 30 years? Uh, so that whole, I, I completely turned a negative into a positive and really started to see things from a different light. And, well, I would say one thing, I mean, you're, you know, you, you have a winner's mindset is you look for the silver lining. Yeah. You know, there's in, in pretty much everything out there, there's a silver lining. And now the silver lining is, hey, I want to use this opportunity to go out there and, and do a pivot. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of short-term pain and frustration but it's the right step for the long-term uh, growth plan that you want to go into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to really highlight, you know, a couple key factors here. Again, you're networking, mm-hmm. you're sharing what you're, you know, sharing what your goals were, what your plans were, but you weren't afraid to pivot. Yeah. And what I've seen some people do, and this is like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's good or bad because I go back and forth on here. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm getting my real estate license. And I think the following Thursday, you're going to sit to take your exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was basically like, dude, that's a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, I still reply that I was, hey, take it if you, you know, stay if you want to, but you know, you know, Ironton, we don't need in this you know, yeah. better path on here, but yeah. obviously take it because you have to work in there. But some people get so like fixed, say, no, I have this plan, I've got to stick to it, which is good for that commitment. Mm-hmm. But if a if a you know a mentor appears, an opportunity appears, it is okay to pivot. It's yeah. okay to say, you know, I was doing this, 
I committed to this, but you know what? Now this is a better opportunity over here that fits way better, better opportunity. And honestly, this like fast tracks me five years faster. Yeah. I want to go. Why would I do it? That's not a bad thing. You're saying no to here. It's just like, you know what? This great thing opened up. I'm pivoting. And I see a lot of people have made that mistake in their, like, their career and they're investing. It's mm. so fixated. It's like, cool. You have tunnel vision, but you're missing out that if you just would go through the door on the left, you're going to be way better off. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely okay. You know, the one thing that actually helped me out a lot that I think could have changed things is, you know, you mentioned previously having that financial runway, which I was able to build through house hacking and saving up as much money as possible. There's a lot of people now that are unfortunately getting laid off and they've got maybe a ton of money in a 401k or a ton of money in an IRA that they cannot access. And now they're scrambling to find a job that maybe they don't want. Yeah. So they're afraid to make that jump that they've always wanted to make. So I built that financial runway, which allowed me to make that jump. You know, I was originally going to go into commercial brokerage and be like, I'm going to put up a goose egg this year and I got to be yeah, okay so take with it. 12 months before you make any yeah, money. I got to be okay with it. You know, that's just the reality. Um, but I was kind of using that as a stepping stone to the end goal, which is raise capital, uh, syndicate investments, uh, you know, raise capital with a team, manage relationships, work on relationships with investors. And just really build, you know, like my holistic approach in real estate that way. So I was kind of using that commercial side of things as a as a stepping stone. Yeah. But I, you know, cut right out of that and went directly to the end goal, which is exactly where I want to be now. And the one thing that made it so easy too is I kind of finally got clear with myself of like, if I go back into what I was doing before, it's a financial decision, and I've made financial decisions that didn't turn out to be the best from a career standpoint. Yeah. But I'm going into something that like is very much in sync with who I am as a person and where I want to be long term. And when I just kind of really got true with myself as far as you could take path A and you know go backwards, but still make the same money and you know which is getting another job. Yeah, which is getting, getting another pharma yep. job and then maybe perhaps getting laid off in two years again. And now I'm finding another pharma job and hey, that opportunity with Ironton is now sailed because I didn't take advantage of it. Or path B, which, you know, I don't even want to say it's necessarily like in any way whatsoever a step back. It's 100% a step forward. And, you know, from a professional, personal career standpoint, it was like such an obvious move for me uh, and what I was looking for. So I just got really crystal clear on what my goals were and where I wanted to be, you know, even 10, 15 years from now. And I was like, this is a decision I have to make right now to get there. Yeah. And, and so it was an easy decision when I really got crystal clear with what I was looking for. Great. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Glad you're on the team because we are doing a great job together. Um, I want to shift a little bit. I got a lot of questions around here, but I want to shift yeah. towards investing as well because sure. I know through a lot of this, your investing has changed. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I think it's basically, I mean, within a week or two of us, whenever we kind of got started and, you know, uh, got the ball rolling, uh, you know, back then we were doing uh, raising money for uh, an apartment syndication, Samuel Drive. Yeah, and you're like, hey, I want to invest in this now too. Yeah, which uh, was awesome, um, but also like a very pleasant surprise. Um, what prompted you to want to invest passively and move away from doing more traditional active and house hacking rentals? Yeah, absolutely. So investing passively, and the one thing that really attracted me to Samuel Drive was, you know, I've been following Terrence for a long time and Verico and everything that yep, they do. Yeah, that's one of their projects. Yeah, and that was a, that was a big thing for me. I was like, this is an opportunity to invest in one of his projects. I can I used to live up there, so I can drive up and see it, and that's a whole that's a really cool thing for me, you know. And I talking with investors all day long, they like seeing the asset that they invested in and drive into it. 
Um, and so shifting to a passive investor gives people the opportunity to leverage the expertise of the people that are operating those buildings or operating those funds without doing any of the due diligence work. You know, the only due diligence that I have to do is who am I investing with? Can I trust this person? Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I don't have to go underwrite the deal per se. I don't have to go manage the construction process. I can just hand my money over, know that I'm investing with the right people and leverage their track record with my investment. So I pivoted from house hacking and or working to buy straight rental properties to that for that exact reason. Um, and quite frankly, the returns that we're seeing nowadays, you either have to house hack or I think do a passive investment or you can flip a house or what have yeah, you. Yeah, it's really, you know? it, it's a weird time in the market where it should not work this way, but yeah. you you take less risk, do less work. And a lot of times you're seeing, you know, comparable, or even higher returns on the passive side than, you know, buying a, a traditional rental property. Yeah. Which, hey, hit the easy button, make more money. You know, not a, not a bad thing to do by any means. Um, but the, I think another reason you're able to invest in Samuel Drive is because you'd also built up a very, very healthy financial runway. Yeah. You're like, hey, you know what? I got this next career path. got this figured out. Hey, I can take part of what I have set aside and put a few bucks in here to start investing, which, hey, the sooner you invest a dollar, the better off you are. Yeah, I was very strategic. I knew that I had... And the other thing that helped me out too is I got a HELOC on my primary residence right before kind of everything changed, which is great. Um, I was able to get like a $50,000 line there for emergency expenses. And so I was like, well, I've got this money if I need it in a situation, right? But I I knew that if I invest in Samuel Drive, I could see this money in like two two maybe two and a half, three years, and it's going to come back to me, you know, in in returns. And so, yeah, it just, I was able to do it. I'm blessed that I was able to do it. Even having, uh, you know, lost my job, uh, I knew that I could probably carry myself just through Ironton Capital and through some other things until that Samuel Drive opportunity maybe pays out. And I wanted to get started as soon as possible. It's a great time to buy, truthfully. Um, I have that conversations with investors all the time, uh, especially now. It's like a great time to buy. Definitely on the commercial side from a multifamily standpoint and probably also the case from a single family side. And um, yeah, so. So, so well, I got a couple more questions here for you, Nick, but I know one of your strategies, I think for next year is you're planning on selling House Act number one. Yeah. Uh, give us a high level of that and what your plan is there because many people buy House Act never want to sell it, but you're selling one you bought four or five years ago. Yeah. So I lived in that house hack for two years. Uh, and just by that two out of five year role, if I sell next year, I can avoid those capital gains. And so that's huge. I think for anybody that's on here listening that is house hacking right now, definitely something to consider. Uh, if you're maybe a year in your house hack or you're in your second year and you've got the means to buy another one, like I think it's a great thing to choose to do. I, I lived in there for two years. I'm going on my fifth year next year of selling it. I'm going to roll all of that into Ironton Capital and it's something that's going to pay me you know, maybe 17, 20% on that money. Yeah. And so I'm super excited for that. Uh, again, leveraging that passive investment and the expertise behind the people who are managing the funds or managing the projects. Uh, it's a great tax loophole for people investing in real estate, especially for people house hacking. If they're on a five-year exit plan or whatever their, their strategy is, make sure you live in it for two years move on, go to the next one. And then you could make considerable money 
you know, just through equity appreciation. And well, especially about that in 2019. I mean, that was, you know, we had a, a very good appreciation party for yeah. the next two years or three years after that. Yeah. Um, the party's over now, but probably made quite a bit of equity on there. Definitely quite a bit of equity. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably walk away with, you know, I've got my license. So, I mean, I'd like to potentially sell it myself. And of course, avoiding 40,000 in capital gains tax. I mean, I'm eliminating like 60,000 just from all of that, right? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll probably walk away with close to like, yeah, I'll probably walk away with like close to 180 Wow. at that point. And I'll probably piece it out through many different national diversified funds. So, and so you'll, you'll, so you'll roll it out in some of the national diversified funds in Ireton? Yeah. 50, 50. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll probably put some in the short-term income fund until I'm ready to deploy another 50 yeah. uh, or what have you. Uh, but I, I feel like I've got a really good idea on what my strategy is with that equity, but I'm excited to kind of get out of it from an active standpoint because managing the rental especially by the room by myself has been, it's taken up that headspace that I don't want it to take up. You know, I want to have a singular focus of raising capital at Ironton, at, at Ironton Capital and just letting my investments be on autopilot uh, at Ironton Capital as well. You know, so I'm really excited for this strategy shift that I've had. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, especially like in years three, four, and five, when some of those start to come back to you. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. So what, did or what does your girlfriend i should say think about the big career change here because you know there's a uh, you know for many people we have partners spouses and others that you know we got to take care of and be respectful of sometimes you're entrepreneurial sometimes you're not sometimes uh, like what the hell are you doing um what was her perspective on this and kind of just tips in general for helping other people navigate big changes like this she's been incredibly supportive um, very supportive. She knows my passions in real estate. She knows this is what I want to do long term. She knows I love investing. So she's been very supportive. And again, having that financial runway has is, allows us to like not feel stressed, quite frankly, about where we're at financially. Mm-hmm. We're in a good place financially, even with all that, you know, being in consideration. So she's been very supportive. I'm I'm very thankful for her. Uh, I you know I, I don't think I can ask more from her in that standpoint. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations. Um, so something else I want to uh, ask you, because a lot of people want to do what you're doing, get into, you know, investor relations role at a private equity firm. What's your just typical, like week look like in doing like investor relations and how does reality match up with what you thought you were going to be doing, whatever, four months ago, whenever we started talking? Yeah. So I guess reality I really tried to go in with an open mindset. I didn't really know what it entailed. I didn't, you know, I had a high level understanding of what investor relations does. I mean, you're managing the communications with investors, you're managing those relationships and creating new relationships and just continuing to build upon them so you can have investors coming back multiple times and investing. Um, you know, one thing I didn't think of, from a capital raising standpoint, I thought that was, I didn't know what to expect in that regard. I figured it was going to be like dialing the phones a lot, you know. Obviously, just you know, cold calling, raising capital, reaching out to people that I already knew who might be good candidates for investing with us. Um, and so, I guess from a day to day standpoint, you know, working with Zach, that's a lot of what we do. You know, we are just constantly trying to educate investors through our webinars, mm-hmm. et cetera, which are huge. Uh, we provide so much value to our investors in so many ways. Um, so, a lot of it is following up from those webinars, uh, prospecting. Uh, reaching out to to investors, de- educating them on our funds, understanding what their investing goals are, and one other thing that I didn't think was going to be part of it that I have a, that I really love doing is analyzing uh, investors' rental properties and giving them a guided business decision of what to do. 
And I'll just give you an example. Yesterday, I did a call with an investor. She's looking to sell a rental property. It's in Edgewater. It's just, it's a headache from a management standpoint. She owns it outright. There's no mortgage payment on it. And this is something I find a lot with investors too, is they have a paid off property with single digit returns. They haven't increased the rent. They want to accumulate, they want their wealth to accumulate more, but it's not going to in a property such as that. Yeah, with you no know, leverage. There's no leverage. And you know, quite frankly, people have tenants in there for years and they're they don't want to raise the rents. Mm. You know, and that's what you do on the on the apartment side of things. That's how you push value. You don't really push value in that same way in single family. Uh, you increase your cash flow, but you don't increase the value on the other end. Um, and so I have a lot of conversations with investors in that standpoint, and we lay out scenarios for them. Hey, does it make sense for you to keep the property? Does it make sense for you to get a HELOC and invest it with yep. us? Does it make sense for you to sell today, pay the gains, pay the commissions, and invest it with us? And um, those are some of the conversations I love having because it really is, I think, a huge value point for us at Ironton Capital that a lot of firms don't. We take the time to really uh, provide this value to investors and help them make decisions based on their current portfolio, just like through the portfolio analysis. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you're speaking my language, man. That's, yeah, like, that's like the it. fun, like, uh, almost like real estate financial advisory. Hey, like how, how do you win the game of real estate? Because yeah. everyone tells you out there to go buy a property. No one kind of tells you what to do after you own the property for five years or yeah. seven years, or, Hey, we saw 42% appreciation last two years. Uh, what should I do with this? Yeah. Uh, what do I do with this monopoly money? Um, mm. so yeah, I, I, I love it that you're, that you're excited about that dude. Cause it's like really good, you know, it's amazing value for people. Yeah. And like, it's so much fun to like talk to investors to like help them figure out options with their, their rental properties, especially like it's funny, especially since a lot of people are, are unaware of, or they're newer to like someone like the, the fund investing that, that Ironton and Lana's doing as they kind of get those like shifts, just like I had, you know, 10 years ago, I was buying rentals. Like it's very fun to like see those paradigm shifts for people. And they're yeah. like, oh, I get it. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And like they get it, which is the education aspect. And then you go out there and actually help them execute it, which is actually doing it to help them meet those uh, goal or meet those returns to get to their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we work with a lot of investors that have like 10 plus properties and you know, maybe they're managing it themselves. Even if they have a property manager, they're still managing the property manager. You know, so there's still an active component to it. And maybe they're sitting on like paid off properties. And I had this conversation with another gentleman whose goal was to get to, you know, 13 paid off properties. He's more than halfway there. But after our conversation, he's now selling off some of his properties because he wants his wealth to, he he literally said to me, I want my wealth to double in five years. And I honestly said to him, you're not going to do that with a bunch of paid off properties. Yeah. If you're just paying down debt and paying off properties, that's... It's great if you're just hanging out, you know, and, and, you know, it's your, you know, each house is like a pension fund in a way, you know, in some, in some aspect. And, um, but the reality of it is like that his rents weren't increasing. They were well below market. And, you know, we're heading into this time period where appreciation is not going to be in double digits. No. You know, it might be 2% this year, if not flat. And now if you're not raising rents, you're just, you know, you've got a portfolio that's not growing. Uh, and I think we're at this intersection of time in, in the industry where, Ironton has a ton of value for those folks uh, where they can take single digit return properties and put it into something that's like 17% and they'll see their wealth accumulate quite a bit. I got a random question for you, Nick. Yeah. Um, so you own, you know, two, two rentals now, uh, you're doing some passive investing. Is your plan to like 
always have a mix of both, some passive, some rentals, or you're like, hey, I'm, I'm done with rentals and all passive. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's all passive for me. Really? I mean, but I'm also one of those people that I have seen how my and like life has really pivoted into multiple down multiple different paths in the last eight years since moving to Colorado. So I'm also like very open-minded to what some of those opportunities are. You know, if I'm investing a couple hundred thousand dollars into Ironton Capital and that's going to start coming back to me in like years five and six or maybe even sooner, I've all of a sudden got a lot, I got a, many other options available for me. I mean, one thing I think I'm also really drawn to is like private lending that I might, I'd like to have that component in my portfolio at some point. Um, where you're lending directly to people, lending directly to people. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of having my money come back to me a little bit sooner. Uh, but we'll see, there's a lot of due diligence on the front end. That's still active, you know, at the beginning until you're actually collecting that, uh, interesting income foreclose on until you, you got to foreclose. You I've know. heard some horror stories be like, Oh, it's all great until this loan in Michigan that I had to foreclose on. I was like, well, what do I do? I know. Yeah. So that's but, my biggest concern about that. I was like, okay, I like that. I like the concept, but if something goes bad, I don't want to deal with it. Well, and at that point, <laughs> and at that point, you know, you might be getting like 10 to 12%. Oh yeah. Oh, the yield is amazing. You know? The meal is, the yield is amazing, but it's, it's active. Yeah. So I, I'm also like, well, I just want to put it in our short-term income fund, do absolutely nothing, you know, not to sound like, I'm lazy or anything like that, but I'd rather just put in my short-term income or our short-term income fund, get the seven to 8%. It's like, I think the effort is worth that extra 4% or the lack thereof, I guess, if you will. So I don't know. I'm definitely keeping things open. Um, I think passive investing is definitely the way forward for me. I mean, Lon's incredibly intelligent. Oh my he's God. Super, he's super smart. Ever met. Yeah. And he's super well-known. So like, I feel very confident putting my money with lawn and in with the partners that we're working with at ironton capital so it's like can i really take my money and go achieve better returns than what we're getting at ironton capital i don't think you're gonna beat uh, the tall lawn and brent those guys are no uh, are much smarter than i am yeah exactly and so i i've got total faith in what they're yeah. doing and you know what they're looking at so i yeah i mean from a passive standpoint it's not even just because it's like i don't want to be active or i want to do less work but it's also just more of like Am I going to be able to get more than maybe 17% a year yeah. somewhere else? And I don't really see that being the case unless I'm house hacking and that kind of ship on, or that strategy has kind of sailed for me at this point. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nick, this has been great. Um, how can people get a hold of you either to, I mean, not just talk about potentially investing in Ironton, but connect with someone that's, you know, an investor, a house hacker, some has changed careers. Obviously, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people I want to connect with you and You've always come across me as you like to give back and, yeah. you know, hey, I learned this, provide mentorship. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Yes, yeah, so they can either call my cell um, or they can email me. I mean, I'm fine with them emailing me at like nick at irontoncapital.com. Cool. They can call my cell, uh, which is 412-848-7668. I'll probably, I believe I'll actually be in the 2023 guide to Colorado Real Estate Investing. So my information will be in there too. Feel free to read my You story. will be. I will be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they can find my information in there as well. Cool. So, uh, and of course, we'll put all ways. that in the show notes as yeah. well. Um, Nick, thank you so much, man. Yeah. I'm glad whatever we got connected two, three years ago. I'm glad the the river, the Universe River, took us that way. Very excited about how things pivoted to Ironton last year. Have loved working with you. So, thank you. Thank you. And hopefully, uh, viewers, listeners out there, grab some tidbits from Nick, not just on the investing side, but also pay attention to how he's been able to 
completely change his uh, his career path as well, mm-hmm. which will impact a lot of future happiness and future investing as well. Yeah. So awesome job, Nick. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, it was awesome being here. Hope to do it again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, everyone. All right. We'll see you next week. Any questions, hit me up or hit Nick up. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.